You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. When it comes to podcasts, there's certain things that we all expect. And one of them is ads at the beginning. (laughs) Um, So our favorite sponsor is Great Lakes Gearia which is uh, where we get all of our fitness equipment. And, you know, we regularly talk about our home gym. Uh, In fact, we're sitting right next to it. We just used it. Mm. Um, We did the most ass-kicking workout tonight. (laughs) Uh, We call it Death by Carries. (laughs) And it's really, really simple. Um, Set a timer for half an hour and do a loaded carry, whatever variation you want, Right, we were doing suitcase carries and uh, farmers walks, waiter carries. Yeah, waiters walks, um, rack carries where you've got the kettlebell up, uh, like you're about to press it. And so we did it inside because it's kind of shitty outside right now. Um, and so basically, two laps of the house. Uh, on one arm, two laps with the other arm, and then a set of push-ups, and then you do a different carry, and you just keep rotating through that till the half an hour is done. We got eleven rounds in, and uh, super simple but super effective workout. Um, and we couldn't have done it if we didn't have kettlebells from Great Lakes Gearia. <laughs> um, so uh, for our listeners, if you want some equipment at home. Um, and we think the kettlebell happens to be the most versatile piece of training equipment. Um, super portable because you can toss it in the trunk of your car if you're going somewhere. Uh, you know, carry it to the park in a loaded carry. Do some work in the park, like some sprints or something like that. Do a bunch of kettlebell swings. Do some presses and then carry it home. <laughs> you know, we've done that before too. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that works to make for, you know, super functional uh, effective, time-efficient fitness training at a really good price. And, you know, when you go to greatlakesgearia.com or us.greatlakesgearia.com uh, for our American listeners, uh, and, you know, you pick whatever you want to buy, whether it's barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, pull-up bars, all that kind of jazz, um, and then you use promo code LIVEWILD, all capitals, um, you'll get three, 5% off your order. It's 5%, right? Yeah. 5%. Yeah. Um, and that thing is you save money and then they send us a little bit for sending you along. It's like win, win for everybody. Uh, so, uh, you know, go to great lakes, Giria, G I R Y A, which is Russian for kettlebell.com. Um, and get your fitness equipment today because this is the new year. And uh, uh, at some point, we're going to have to stop with the COVID-15 excuse. It's, it's <laughs> COVID, so, you know, I couldn't work out. Um, that, that, that excuse is over now. So uh, take this as an opportunity to set up a killer home gym, even if it just means a couple of kettlebells and a pull-up bar. Um, that's all anybody needs, you know, to get an amazing shape. So... Uh, it segues beautifully into this episode, which is our 2021 
you know, year in review, if we want to call it. Um, looking back at like, uh, you know, what the year was like for us, our lessons learned, um, how we did with our own goals. So let's kick it off, Catherine. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, an interesting year. If I had to pick a theme for me, it was training. I mean, we've talked about it quite a bit, but um, there were a lot of surprises in it. And, um, you know, it all started off with uh, a year ago or in November, right, of, um, I guess, 2020. And, um, you know, I was 194. And I'm like, ah, I need to do something here. And uh, and I had just come off of all these uh, workshops I'd done with the DeRose Institute for Mindfulness. And, and one thing that I knew I wanted for sure was uh, better health. And so I lost 20 25 pounds and and I kind of look at it now like I can't believe I did it but I did and I never focused so much on the number I focused really on on the journey like just how to get there and I had a bunch of challenges along the way and that was a that was quite a bit of a, an eye-opener for me because I have not been this weight I since you were a teenager yeah and so many times I've been at the 190 you know in the 190s several times and um so that felt like home but to go beyond that was almost like a dream you know and I'm still working now to get to to 150s in the 150s right this year and uh I think it's very possible why not but um that kind of surprised me and not only that but what surprised me was all the agility that came with it um now when I climb it was so cool um you know, you're you're lowering yourself off of the uh, the climb with control. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because really, what you're what you're seeing is a culmination of five years of work coming together, right? Mm-hmm. Because we did a lot of training that built a lot of muscle mass on you, which won't see the scale to go down a lot because you know you lost body fat because you you looked more muscular. Yeah. Right. You you didn't look at you know like your arms and things look better, but the scale still didn't go down a ton. Like yeah. oh, oh we shouldn't say that you dropped like thirty five pounds, right? You know, uh, what this year? No, not this year, but up to this point, mm. right? Like you started in the two thirties, <laughs> and you were down in the one nineties. Got it. Oh, okay, at that point, yeah, yeah, so uh, more than thirty, yeah, yeah, you know. So, so it's not like you didn't drop any weight. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that we run into is when you build muscle mass, you increase your metabolism, mm-hmm. right? Even if in the short term, the scale doesn't go down, yeah, um, you look different. Yeah, that happened a couple of times where, yeah, the scale wasn't going down, but everyone's like, you're looking different and, and yeah. you notice that and yeah. And it's it's pretty cool. It's interesting, and it was interesting how it was like a snowball effect. The momentum was there. Mm-hmm. Everything just happened so quickly, all of a sudden, where it's been years to get to this point. And um, you know, when you're, I so I'm probably they say at the high 150s or say, let's say 155 is my maximum ideal weight in the healthy range. Yeah. Right. Anything over that, it's obese. So I'm still considered... No, it's overweight, not over, obese. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm considered overweight now, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in that overweight category, I mean, if you're muscular, 
right? Because that obviously carries weight. Yeah. Um, you start to see all those details pop out. Yeah. Like I have biceps and traps and all the details of the muscles connecting to my delts and you can see <laughs> all the ridges and and I was just showing Winston my pecs and like not my boobs, my pecs. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think I've lost so much weight. It's like, <laughs> but you know, like when the guys do the whole flexing. Pec, yeah, the pec flex. And yeah, the- yeah. I'm like, oh my God, look at that. I can do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting pretty, pretty muscular. But anyway, um, chin-ups. I've never done a chin-up in my life until this year. Yep. And then when my daughter filmed it, I didn't even think I could do it. I did it, came off of it like really shocked. It's funny. Um it's a bit of an easier chin up bar because it's got um knurling, yeah. Yeah, knurling, whereas it's very smooth. So on and ours our, I can't necessarily do it. Yeah, ours um and th- I like this from a training standpoint. It's harder. It the grips are fatter. Yeah, yeah. And they're smooth. Yeah. So it's a harder. Yeah, so it's harder on the grip. Yeah. Um easier on the skin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the agility is what I notice the most and I love it. And it makes you want to do more. And because it's so easy, you can do more. Yeah. And so, it's, you know, we, we we were mountain biking like two, three hours at a time. And that was fun. That was by no means exercising. Yeah. But to get to that point is pretty sweet. Um, I feel young, you yeah. know. So I think the lesson learned was because um, I remember at the beginning of the year, like you're going to do a chin up. Uh, and well, you said I do it at the end of the month. And I was like, that's bullshit. Yeah, but then you ran into elbow problems. Right. I don't know if I still would have been able to do it, but um, I'm doubting you right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but training. Th- yeah, because it wasn't so much the end of the month. It was like, uh, I think we had a two month plan. Was like it two eight, months? Eight I week. thought it was one month. Well, because I always plan programs in eight weeks. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so, but the fact is, is that the pull ups for both <laughs> of us haven't come as quickly, like ha- the improvements haven't come as quickly as they potentially could because we'd have to ease off because of the elbows. Right. Like we both have tendonitis in our elbows. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you can't do a lot of volume of pulling Yeah. when your elbows are telling you to fuck and, off. And I got to figure that out because I noticed when I was bouldering the other day coming off of it, it really affected my tendonitis. You have the things. Oh, those, eh? What he's referring to are those, um, it's like a webbing you put in between your hands and you open, it's like a rubber. And so when you open it out, you're, in fact, you're, it's a strength workout on your. Extensors, like forearm extensors. Yeah. Because climbing is the forearm flexors. Right. Um, Sort of the big meaty part of your forearm. Okay, so it's the extensors that are not. And so when the when there's a lot of imbalance in the extensors, then you get that inside the elbow. Really. Uh, pain. Huh. Um. So one of the things I do at work, uh, mm-hmm. is I have rubber bands, like thick rubber bands, in my pockets. Oh, so you just play with those. So when I'm when I'm strolling around, seeing if there's any customers need help, I just put them around my fingers and doot 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 <laughs> till I get like a massive burn, and I'll do like three sets a day. Yeah. yeah, and I found that's made a huge difference as far as the. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good tip. So, um, definitely, that's been really cool. What about you? Any uh, interesting eye openers for you this year? Um. Well, I think it, one of the biggest things has been, uh, because I 
from a, a training coaching standpoint have a tendency to um, overcomplicate things in my own head mm-hmm. um, uh, for myself. Like I'm very good with my clients of keeping things um, no more complicated than it needs to be, mm-hmm. right? You know, because just working on the basics gets you 90% of the way there. And that's probably what they need to work on. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, They're at that stage. Where that's sort of one of the biggest things with my own training mm-hmm. is just keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, nutrition, keep it simple, stupid. I eat protein, eat vegetables. <laughs> I, I can remind you of you that. Know, <laughs> um, well, because if you look at the program I'm doing right now, yeah, you know, I've got... Two days a week with like uh, clean and press, like kettlebell double clean and press and pull-ups. Yeah. Right? Two days a week with um, swings and Turkish get-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one day a week of loaded carries and push-ups. That's cool. It's just simple. Yeah. Um, and, and you just started this program? Uh, a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. Um, Shows how much I pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because you're you're on your easy strength, so yours just is I just whenever. fuck off. I go make dinner. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, you're still warming up. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did the the uh, death by carries today, and I got to tell you, this attitude of uh, just like you know, well, let's see what happens, can get you really far. Because I didn't think I'd finish it, um, and I thought I'd be like out of breath and winded because I feel like I haven't done any cardio because I haven't. Um, Because everything I do in easy strength is just super easy. Yeah, except for walking. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I finished it and I I did really well. So that was pretty cool. But um, anyways, back to you. You were saying that. So keeping it simple. Yeah. Like I think think that's one of the the big things um, uh, is mastering the basics mm-hmm. right just mm-hmm. focus 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 like uh it was sort of one of the things that you know i used to really focus on in jujitsu okay because it's so easy to get um enamored with like flashy techniques right whereas um there was something really cool about beating somebody with like uh, just a really well done basic move. Mm. Um, you know, it's good to have sort of more complicated things, you know, like more advanced or tricky moves in your pocket if you need them. Um, but doing things like doing the basics um, as a master, <laughs> right? They don't look like the basics anymore. Mm. Um, so that's sort of a bit of the uh always a student mindset yeah right because i've been doing like lifting stuff for almost 40 years i started when i was 12 right right um and you know i picked up my first kettlebell over 20 years ago or about 20 years ago mm-hmm. um and i'm still playing with like something as simple i don't want to say simple cuz it's complex um but as fundamental is a kettlebell clean mm-hmm. i'm still refining my technique yeah 
right? Particularly double kettlebell uh, clean. Oh, especially when you're doing like 65 pounds or three pounds in yeah. each hand. Um, you know, yeah. But, but it's that whole thing of like dialing in those techniques, just the subtleties of the basics. Um, and even something like a swing, which I've done probably a gazillion of them in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still focusing on, okay, you know, explode, you know, hinge, plank, like, uh, bend the bell. Like if you want to engage your lats. Yeah. Oh yeah. When you've got both hands on the kettlebell. Right. Um, try to break the handle. Mm. Like you're snapping a, a twig. Yeah. Well, that engages your lats. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, just those little subtleties. Yeah. So that that's sort of one of the big things for me. Um, uh, you know, figuring how to put the pieces for myself. Well, when right? did you realize that was beneficial? Like what, what made you come to that? Well, I've always... Uh, I've always known it because <laughs> I, I practice it with my clients. Um, you've never applied it. Um, at times I have, but I think the big thing really came into, um, during COVID, like the, the last two years, basically I've, um, for lack of other things to do, I bought like a bunch of kettlebell training books, mm-hmm. like the, you know, workout program books from people, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jeff Newbert's books. And the fact is, like, he'll do a whole eight-week program with nothing but kettlebell snatches, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, huh, you know? Okay. So uh, you're seeing these over and over again that people are just doing the basics. Yeah. Like, and I think and there's... keeping it simple. Yeah. Like, I am I think that's over simple, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. The fact is, like, one high-volume ballistic exercise, um, the potential exists for over... over Overuse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if people are seeing progress on things that basic, yeah, at least I can go more basic. Like I don't have to, you know, do every movement, every training block. Yeah. You know, and I don't have to train every quality optimally, every training block. Um, and so that's where I found, uh, you know, mixing things like setting a timer and just getting as much done, like good quality work in that time, mm-hmm. like density. So yeah. then next time you'll try to get some more. Then things like EMOMs where you'll do. Oh, that was amazing. You know. Because we didn't do that last year. That was this year, wasn't it? No, they started the year before. Ah. Uh, um, okay. Hell, we even did them occasionally in the gym. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. But the EMOMs, sorry, you finish your thought because I have a, a different one. Um, you know, and it, again, it's sort of two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. right? With the EMOMs, it's like a set amount of work per minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not the best for building pure strength, but they're good at building work capacity, some strength, some muscle, some, you know. Yeah. So, and that's sort of what really I think why they seem to be so effective is because they bring a bunch of qualities up at once. 
Yeah. So what he's talking about, in case people who don't know what EMOMs are, it's every minute on the minute. So on the minute, you set your timer, say, for 10 minutes or any amount of minutes. Um, but it beeps every minute on the minute. And when it does beep, you do your exercise, say it's 10 kettlebell swings. For the remainder of that minute, you rest and you wait until it beeps again and you start again, whatever exercise. Yep. So that's what that is. So the idea is that you always just go. Because when you think about it, if you're in the gym and you're waiting, okay, I did 10 swings, I'll take a break now. Especially when you're working with a partner, you're working on the same, like say a, bar, um, a barbell, a barbell yeah. you alternate back and forth. Well, you find that you do a lot of sitting, like three minutes can go by yeah. before you're up again and you're fully rested. And that's a great thing for maximal strength. Right. But here we're not doing that. We're focusing on volume and you get yeah. a shit load of volume in yeah. there. Um, I found that I, I was kind of blown away and it wasn't necessarily in 2021, but it was in November from November to like even February. I noticed how much core strength I developed in those three, four months of doing yeah. very simple exercises. I mean, we did as simple as like leg raises yeah, or right, legs up in the air and then just lifting your bum off the floor, doing 10 of those every minute on the minute. And I can't remember how many sets in total, but um, maybe 10 sets of 10 yeah. or six. But then you're doing 10. 100 reps. You are. Yeah. And, and you're alternating amongst other things, right? So... Um, another great core exercise is where you have a band tied to something and you have it outstretched in front of you. So it's at your, it's almost like chest height. Yeah. Anybody wants to look it up, you can do it also with cables in the cable machine in the gym, mm -hmm. um, called the Paloff press P A L L O F. Um, and it's an anti-rotation exercise. Right. So it really works your obliques. Yeah. So check it out. Um, great exercises, but, um, and, and then the ab wheel. Yeah, yeah, and at the beginning I couldn't do it. Now I can knock them off. Yeah, the ab wheel is the best ten or fifteen dollars you will spend for uh, abs. Well, but it, but it works way more than abs. Like your lats, like when oh, you sure roll that out, yeah, and you have to squeeze it squeeze in, yeah. right? It uses your your lats. It uses your yeah. your grip as involved. You know, yeah, it's one of these. Very simple looking exercises that actually requires a lot of Different. muscular coordination. Yeah. You know, so that really surprised me at how quickly I could tone up that area or build muscle and, and that with weight loss. But yeah. at the end of the day, I, I the muscle built and it was pretty impressive how it didn't seem like it took that much to do it. Now, the other thing that would have done a lot for it as well, I imagine, is the... I, I did the 10,000 kettlebell swing challenge. Yeah. Yeah. That was February. Yeah. So going back to Jeff Newport's idea, or I think that's who you mentioned, who, where he just does one exercise. Yeah. Keeping it like simple. Obviously, like the 10,000 swing challenge was Dan John. Right. Like Coach Dan John. but And somebody else. It's not just him. It was Coach Dan John and somebody else. No. Easy Strength with Dan John and Pavel. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So this is Coach Dan John, and essentially you're doing um, five workouts a week. Yep. So um, 500 swings a workout plus 30 to 50 reps of an alternate exercise. In between them because you can't, you know, yeah. So uh, for me in my case, and as long as you get them done, that's all that matters. Yep. But the way I did them was, um, you know, sets of 20 kettlebell swings. Yeah, and we... we Dan never set it up this way originally, um, uh, but 
when you do it as an imam, the way that I set it up for you, just because we were already doing imam, so it was really yeah. simple. Yeah. Um, and it makes you just sort of go. You're not. And you get it done. You're not thinking, oh, did I rest enough? Not enough. Yeah. You just go. Um, you go until it tells you to stop. Yeah, and so Catherine was doing 500 swings, and then. Th- 30 to 50 reps of other exercise. Whether it be push-ups or body, body rows, rows or, or ab wheel. Ab wheel, um, yeah. And uh, ran into the thing where she would knock that off in 31 minutes. Pretty much, yeah. And the first week was a killer week. First couple of days. And then at the end of the week, it's like you saw massive improvement. So that's a lot of fun to yeah. see that progression. And then by the end of it, I was just like... You're just punching uh, the clock. <laughs> I was like bored that could have been like you know um i didn't progress i went i did it at 35 pounds and i did go up to 45 a little bit but then i had a bad um hand my middle finger was telling me to fuck off because the joint <laughs> was all swollen and i actually thought i had arthritis or something going on yeah but that sure. it's sort of that thing of like it went away yeah but that it's working around injuries yeah um so i used actually um uh, a deadlift strap you know, on my hand just yeah. to take the weight off. And then I think I caused issues with my left hand because <laughs> I did it on that one. Anyways, so um, massive gains though. Yeah. I mean, that um, helped me lose 10, 12 pounds as I said it, they, as the, the program or the results of the program said that you would. Um, make, gained massive fitness, yeah. right? From the explosiveness of, of a kettlebell swing. Uh, your whole posterior chain was massively improved, you know, in strength. And it was pretty cool because I, you know, went back to say doing good mornings with, what is it, a 80 to 120 resistance band? Yeah. Pound resistance band. I could never do that in the past. I did the one below. I think yeah. it was 60 to 80 or something like yeah. that. And that's all I could do. I went to that. And I'm like, this is easy. And, and I kind of looked at Winston weight. and I, I do it now with 45 pound kettlebells in each hand as I do it. Because it's that to me is my easy strength program, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even that hard. Yeah. It's work, but I can do it. Where in the past, I couldn't even do that. So take 90 pounds off. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah. Like it was a massive jump. And um, I would say, oh, yeah, like it totally built up my delts and my traps, just everything. Yeah. So that, that was fun. Um, that was a lot of fun. Although, I wonder if I had overuse injury in my calves. Well, see, that seems to be people who have no issues, um, you know, seem to like it. Because, you know, all of the things you're talking about. Yeah. But uh, because you're doing so much volume of the same movement pattern. Yeah. Um, you know, you can run into uh, overuse injuries. Like just, and it's not like, uh, obviously with you, it wasn't anything to do with your back. It was your feet. Well, I'm actually going to get an MRI for the folks listening, um, the end of this month. So this is where, this is going to come out January 1st. By that time I'll have had done it. Um, I'll be waiting for the results just to check that, Mm -hmm. that it's not neuropathy. Just, just, they're just making sure or a bulging disc or something. Yeah. And, um, because I'm still trying to figure that out. And you were thinking, you did some research that it might very well have been, are you thinking that the sensation in my feet, that the loss of feeling, it could be because of tight calves? 
Or weak uh, calves. Or weak calves. Because and I, everything's having to be tense all the because time. Because I also, um, if I was to flex my foot downwards, they cramp. Like the, my joints and all that get all contorted. It's really, it's kind of painful. So there's something going on. So I've been doing some calf, calf and shin strengthening. Yeah. Because it's sort of something with the type exercises. of exercises we do. Generally, it's not anything that you get worked on. Um, I would have thought from cycling, but, but I guess you know if I was backpacking and hiking, I'd, I'd get more of it. Yeah, yeah, going up hills and stuff. You know, but I don't. But even then, it it's not frequent enough. Yeah, right. To carry the load of everything else I'm doing. Yeah. So, um, but very cool. I mean. So, so that's something for folks, if you want to get motivated, right? Like put a lot of challenges in front of you yeah. and, and just pick something that's kind of like, it's crazy. <laughs> Let's try it. And I and, and going back to like, you know, I have found a ton of success from just, uh, let's see, you know, just that attitude of not worried about the commitment. I, you know, I have to get this done. It's got to be perfect. Just try. Yeah. And, well, and you can always adjust on the fly. Yeah. Right. Like but, now, the the thing I would say is like if you've never worked with a kettlebell before, do not do the ten thousand swing challenge. Right. You'd been doing swings for years. Right. No. For me, it was more about the difficulty, yeah. not not the technique. Yeah. But what I'm talking about is the challenge. Like, yeah. Whether it be climbing, rock climbing, or you know, something yeah, it's that just you're afraid of. Yeah. Uh, uh, only, that's fair. Yeah. The only caveat I'm putting out is that during COVID, I saw so many like. 30-day challenges put out by fitness people. Okay. And so their their audience seems to be aimed at, you know, new people trying to get into. And then the thing they put out was not well-suited for a, new, a person. new person. Well, that's good to know. You know, like... What would you stay away from if you're new? Well, it wouldn't do uh, high-volume daily workouts, right? Like, it wouldn't, you know, like... It, things like do 100 push-ups a day for 30 days. Well, if push-ups are hard for you, mm-hmm. doing 100 a day, you know. You're probably going to do bad, have bad form. Yeah, but you're also probably going to get hurt. Yeah. Right? Uh, because it's just more than your tissue can handle. You know, mm-hmm. your joints and shoulders and mm-hmm. what have you. So um, any of these challenges... I, I like them to be tailored to somebody's fitness level because mm-hmm. um, the idea of doing something every day for 30 days is a great thing to develop a habit with, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, I, I also want people to not be in massive pain or get injured. So, because we know consistency over the long term is the key, mm-hmm. right? So people that are injured um, aren't don't tend to stay consistent, Right, mm-hmm. little niggles like we deal with, you could work around, mm-hmm. right? Um, but if you've got like real, like you know, an injury that sidelines you, um, that is going to put you uh, on the bench for a while, and it sucks. Yeah, but whatever consistency you'd had, yeah, is out the window. It is right. So I would much rather have people play the st- slow and steady race. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like even so so what I would love to see is like um let's say you're capable of doing five good push-ups. Mhm. Right? Um 
then I would do like kind of a rotational thing. If we want something to do at home as far as a challenge or maybe in addition to whatever you're doing already. Yeah. Um, is, you know, throughout the day, like if you can do five good ones, I want 10 sets of three mm-hmm. throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, that's three days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, another three days a week would be, um, you know, get a hundred body weight lunges in. Uh, you know, they shouldn't be super taxing, split it up over the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, and if you do this as a weekly cycle, there we go. We've got six days. Mm-hmm. Um, the seventh day, I would do, you know, 10 minutes bear crawls. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's something that rotation somebody could do for 30 days in a row. Mm-hmm. And it's within their capability. Yeah. It'll be a challenge. Mm-hmm. It'll start to develop some new habits. Sure, well, just um, good. You know, it's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, but submaximal work. Because if you're going to do a lot of anything, it can't be brutally hard. Mm-hmm. Because brutally hard necessitates keeping your reps low. So that's what I'm experiencing with the Dan John and Pavel's Easy Pavel, Strength. Yeah, Satsuline. Satsuline? Satsuline. Satsuline. He's ru- lean. Satsuline. Yeah, he's Russian. Satsuline. Uh, and it starts with a T. It's T S A T. You know, blah blah. So I'm doing their Easy Strength program, and I'm almost done it. Um, pretty cool gains. Like I work out five days a week, no more than ten, twelve minutes. So it's super easy. And I have like generally four, four or five exercises that I'm doing, uh, ten reps of each, but I break it up. Like I might do like three. In case, my chin ups are like three sets of three, so it's not exactly ten. But but yeah, it's that ballpark. Uh, yeah. Now the swings are always more than ten. It's probably double. Yeah. Like two sets of ten, in total. Yeah. Or twenty. Like it's twenty in total. Um, I'll do push ups. So break it up into sets of five. I'll do um, squats, uh, goblet squats. So two sets of uh, five, and I've. You know, I, I'm I'm using the 65 pound kettlebell for my squats. I think initially I started off with probably 45, 50. Yeah. Um, so that's a big jump. And I remember when I first did it, I didn't even realize what I had in my hand. You know, um, and I have my bear canister <laughs> for you backpackers. Um, what I have to get my butt to touch so I get deep enough. Yeah. Because I don't, and it takes me a while to get into that. I actually have to warm up. <clears throat> first without the weights just keep and I can just keep going lower and lower you know just get going because it's I'm a 46 year old and I gotta get the, the well with you it's the knees yeah it's the knees um the other really cool thing were the chin-ups because I've been using resistance bands to support me and I was using I think the 80 to 120 and then yep. I switched to the 60 to 80 or is it what is it the black uh, band it's the 40 to 60 40 to 60 so yeah. that's pretty cool yeah, so the first one I was using was uh, 80 to 100, I think, or 60 to 80. Yeah. It was the really thick band. Now I use the black band. And uh, who knows, maybe in two weeks I'll be down to the red band, which would be what, uh, 20 to 40? Yeah, something pounds, like that. Something like that, off my weight. And, yeah. You know, so it's it's progressing nicely. My push-ups look solid. I should, 
I feel like it's, how can I make that harder? I guess I can use a band. You can use bands. You Put can on a weighted vest. Weighted vest. You can pause at the bottom, like with your nose just Actually, over Actually, I could go lower because I've been using a ball yeah. to touch my chest. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So going back to Winston's point about just all these little submaximal um, exercises, right? But if you do high volume of them, you will see gains. Yeah. Like because, I have. Yeah, because really what we're talking about is either doing a... Think, and this sort of comes from Pavel, um, is strength is a skill, right? So you're not working out, you're practicing. Um, and that I find to be highly uh, a beneficial mindset, right? Um, because not everything has to be like feel the burn and... You know, uh, if you just steadily Mm -hmm. work on the skill component, yeah, right, and just practice regularly, you get stronger. And, you know, so it's one of those things where uh, one of my simplest things is I'll do uh, an EMOM. Like when I go to a new weight with kettlebells, Mm -hmm. I'll just do a 10-minute EMOM. Um, of one rep a minute, like with the heaviest weight, mm-hmm. right? And then when I get through, you know, it's like I can do 10 sets of one. I do that for a couple weeks. And then I'll do a few sets of two, mm-hmm. right? And they should still be, you know, challenging, but but still doable, Yeah. right? You never want to hit failure. Um, and then the rest are ones until, you know, a couple of weeks later, you're doing 10 sets of two. Well, now you've doubled your volume with the same weight, mm-hmm. you know? And then a few weeks later, you're doing 10 sets of three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where it doesn't take long before the weight that you could only do for like one or two reps, uh, you know, is a weight that you're doing, you know, five to eight reps. And then you do a bunch of sets of five to eight reps before you know it. Um, now now you're starting to get into um, the rep range and volume necessary to build some muscle. Well, this is a great segue. Um, I thought this was really cool and I really came to realize this was that when it comes to strength training, there's specific exercises to build muscle. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're building more muscle in your body. Doesn't mean you know how to access it yet. Yeah. So that's what he's talking about with where muscles um, or strength is a skill. Then there's, um, so building muscle and then there's building strength. And then what's the third thing? Is it endurance with muscle? Yeah. Okay. So I thought that was really cool. So certain exercises. So what builds muscle? Is that volume? Well, volume. uh, Yeah, really. Like when you look at all the research, because you can build muscle at all rep ranges. Okay. Um, you know, like sets of three, sets of eight, sets of 25. Right. Um, as long as there's adequate amount of volume, um, and you come with the higher rep stuff, you come close enough to failure. doesn't have to be two failure, but within a couple reps of failure. couple reps. Okay. Right? So that will build muscle. Again, just because you've now built the muscle, you're not necessarily accessing the strength. So now you've got to build the, the skill 
on accessing the strength and get everything working together. Is that yeah. correct? Well, but, or you can like, because they, they sort of go together. Cause if also you're doing a ton of reps, okay. you're building the skill too. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like if you're, um, mindful of your reps, you know, like say doing something like a kettlebell press. Right. Right. You know, you've got it in the rack position at your shoulder about to press it overhead. Mm-hmm. And you squeeze your quads, you engage your glutes, you tighten your abs, you take, you know, you take a good breath in, mm-hmm. you know, behind your shield, right? Which is your belly, you know, and then you crush the handle of the kettlebell before mm-hmm. you press it. Well, now you've created tension in the body, mm-hmm. right? And you run into that thing where, where. Um, that practice, you know, conscious practice of it, mm-hmm. you know, where you're, you're after a while, you don't have to think about it. Um, everything fires better, you know, fires like a unit, mm-hmm. but you know, all those reps you had to do to build muscle mm-hmm. are also practice, mm-hmm. right? There are a lot of practice because <laughs> there are, if you're doing a lot of reps, they have to be submaximal, right? So you right. can, you're, anytime you're pushing, like you're testing, mm-hmm. right? You're trying to see like set a new PR. Yeah. That for most people is not very good practice because when you're close to your limit, your form starts to break down. Right. Right. Things compensate and move. Yeah. But if you're doing submaximal work, mm. right. So let's say, you know, sets of five with a weight you could do eight mm. with. Well, those five reps should be perfect. Because you're not completely so, taxed yet. Yeah, it sounds like, doesn't it sound then that that, so you, using submaximal work as your guide for strength, um, building and strength training, isn't that better? Because it's less likely you're going to get injuries. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's it's form. It's like, like, you, like ex- it's just excellent form yeah. versus, you know, when you're on the bleeding or on the edge of, I think I'm going to try and build, make this PR. Like you'll naturally get stronger doing the submaximal work. Yeah, without getting hurt. Without getting hurt. Okay, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, what's the point? And besides which, you know, like going all out, it's not always fun. You know, well, and and that's the thing. I mean, it's like, are cool. are you building strength or are you demonstrating it? Yeah. Right. Um. And so. It takes your ego stepping back um, because everybody like, and this is one of the things I find working out at home mm-hmm. versus the gym, mm. because even I'm susceptible to, and I've been doing this a long time, uh, but I want to see what I can do. Well, not, not what I want. It's not even just what can I do? I know what I can do. Right. You want to show it off? Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, because it's, you're in a gym with a bunch of other meatheads too. Yeah. The testosterone is flying. (laughs) Yeah. You want to like, okay. You want to, you want up the ante. You know, like squatting with 185, even if maybe it's a lot of good practice. Yeah. Um, no, no. I want, I want 315 on there. You want to, you want to hear the plates clanking. Clanking and, you know, like, and that's sort of the, the meathead power lifter in me. Yeah. Um, whereas... I'll do 10 sets of five double kettlebell front squats. Yeah. Well, it's only like a hundred and... You're right. It does get competitive yeah. when you're in the gym. You're showing off. You know. Yeah. 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 It's not necessarily... It's not good for 
your body if you want to get away from injuries. Yeah. Um, what non-training <laughs> yeah, stuff? We've, we've talked a lot about training exercises. So obviously, that's a big part of our year. And it's what happened when the COVID's here. Yeah. Um, but it translates phenomenally into our adventures. So actually, I will answer this next question. <laughs> um, I really loved mountain biking this year. Oh, my God. I know I started last year. You didn't year. ask the question. I know. I just told you. I, I, my question was what outside of training did we love, you know, like oh, okay. did, did we learn and, you know, did we really enjoy this year or, or did we learn something from, and for me it was mountain biking. And, uh, cause again, like I had not done it since I was 18 and even then it wasn't even near what we do now, but you know, with a, but you know, when you come into it as a 46 year old, you just broke your elbow last year and you're getting into, into it, you're kind of worried about crashing into trees and hurting yourself. Right. Um, but I feel so confident, you know, we do, I've done double blacks with you and it's just so much fun. Mm -hmm. You feel like a big kid and just pure joy. It's not even like exercise. And I think that's too where the trainings helped. And there are times where my ass feels like I'm dragging it. Yeah. It's not as much fun, but for the most part, I feel like, I feel like I'm back in the eighties, like a kid in the forest. You know. Well, and I think one of the things that I love, and I, uh, this is something I love both about climbing and mountain biking, um, they're both perfect excuses for road trips. Mm. Um, you know, not to say that going backpacking isn't, but like that, when you're going backpacking, you're like off in the woods, right? Um, whereas with climbing and uh, mountain biking, we go places and we camp obviously, but um, you keep wanting to discover new places. And there's so much to be discovered. You know, there's a lot of infrastructure and, um, yeah. and because both climbing areas, even though, you know, it's natural rock, they were developed by people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, Oh, what did, what did somebody come up with over here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And mountain bike trails are built by people. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's that kind of thing of like, oh, okay. Um, this is really cool. Like, you know, we, we obviously, uh, because we're in like Southern Ontario, uh, we ride at the Hydrocut. Um, we ride at Pusslinch, right? Those are our local trails. Um, but, Turkey Point. That was fun. You know, hit that a few times. How many kilometers of trails were there? They're 90. Yeah. You know, so we barely scratched the surface in there. Um, We've done half of it, at least. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Then the trails up in Mono Center were a lot of fun. Those three different. Yeah. Yeah, they were. They were. I think my favorite actually was the one over by uh, that Emily Batty's from. What's that area? Oh, Uxbridge. Yeah. Yeah, the Durham Forest. That was fun. That was, those were the best trails I've ever ridden because I guess they race there too, right? Yeah. They're, so they're, they're nice and wide. And um, I will say uh, the Don Valley yeah. was interesting because it's it's a place where people also go and hike and they have like concrete pathways, but the trails are all just adjacent to that, right? Yeah. In the forest. But because it's a valley super steep and it's 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 actually pretty interesting ride it's just so disjointed unfortunately yeah. at least or at least maybe we didn't know where the best trails were that just 
go endlessly because we're so spoiled used to trails that just uh, are either well marked or they go for like at least five kilometers or a couple kilometers of trail and then it goes on to another one and yeah. just so we're just like usually a hundred kilometers of trails right <laughs> where these were all really disjointed but they were tough I have Some, to yeah. say I, I was pretty they were the toughest um trails that I've seen honestly now Quebec was the most fun actually the Uxbridge was a lot of fun but Quebec was awesome mm-hmm. because of the culture the place but the trails um that Yogi Bear is it the Yogi Bear that's my like challenge for next year oh just called the Yogi oh is it Yogi okay yeah. I get that Yogi Bear anyway um near Val David yeah like that one it's either the the Chantecler or um Belniege. I, I got to look at the map to see exactly yeah. which one it was. And by the way, we got these all from Trail Forks. That's how we found them. Yeah. But, um, and that whole area in the Laurentians near Montremblant is fabulous for rock climbing and mountain biking. Yeah. And so that's our new playground. Yeah. Um, when we can't go to the Dax. And yeah. That. Like give a listen to our episode on the uh, Dirtbag Timeshare. We yeah. talk all about it. Yeah, and when you're listening to this, we'll actually be there. Yeah. Because um, we're going to, we rented a, a cabin on the mountain of Mont d'Argent, where we talked about our dirtbag timeshare. We just went back when we're taking my kids. We're going to go snowshoeing and winter camping. And even though we have a cabin, like it's super rustic. Like there's no out, there's an outhouse. Mm-hmm. And you got to be, it's got to be heated with a wood fire stove. So it's essentially like cold camping. Well, winter. It's camping, like hot tenting, hot tenting in a hut. Yeah. Which is great because for us, that's luxurious, right? Yeah. But the mountain's beautiful. Yeah. And the kids haven't discovered that before. So, and it's a road trip, right? Yeah. Hopefully COVID will stay at bay. We'll see. But I think we'll go. Um, but that area is a lot of fun. And I just love, just, I'm just saying from a beginner's point of view. When I think, I think one of the, the other things Catherine likes about Quebec is I don't speak French and she does. So it's one of the rare times that I shut up. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, like she's the she's the voice of the couple. Uh, bonjour, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like... You're learning though, aren't you? Not really. Not really. You know. You should. But... It, 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 it's, I get it. It's difficult to learn it outside. Like I'm in, good at languages though. I speak several, so... Yeah, and you, you learned it in school and stuck with it and yeah you know lived lived in belgium yeah, yeah. that's when i really learned it <laughs> yeah like no, i've but, had i've yeah. had like i i i have had no reason like from a youth standpoint until this year of going to quebec yeah right because we would always go to the states for you and my whole life i would just go to the states right but you're intrigued with quebec aren't you pardon you're intrigued with quebec aren't you well only because it's better than Ontario as far as their outdoor infrastructure goes. I know. Right? Um, Ontario's got a lot to learn. Uh, they like really do. They, From, want, they want people. They're so friendly. You know. They want you to be there. And it's so clean. And there's yeah. tons of infrastructure. It's just their way of life. You know? From all sorts of different outdoor activities. They even have highlining yeah. at this location. Yeah. Like they're, they're not as risk averse as like Ontario parks and conservation authorities. Like, cause you can't rock climb it uh, other than Bon Echo. You can't rock climb 
at provincial yeah. parks. They're, they just, people build and it's very much accepted. Yeah, they, they've got to have a different sort of approach to, um, like from a law standpoint, as far as liability goes. Like the idea is, yeah. you know, obviously if you come rock climbing, it's dangerous, you morons. If you get hurt, don't blame us. It's fucking rock climbing. Yeah, it's you know? on you. <laughs> yeah. So come yeah. on. Like, yeah. But that but that seems to be what the law is. Yeah. So then it means more places are open. Yeah. Because they're yeah. not all worried about that. No, they're not. It's really cool. The hiking, you know, whatever was easy was really an intermediate. So everything was harder mm. than than what it uh, really, you know. Yeah, because even the even the mountain bike trails were the same. Like the intermediate, the blue trail. Were they blue? And you said that they were double black or or black. No, no. So, like the when we went to, uh, what is it? The Bell Nash, we'll call it that. Sure. Um, Was that a blue trail? Until we got right to the you know the very top of that climb, which took us a bunch of different trails. Mm-hmm. You know, where you we climbed for yeah. two kilometers. Yeah. That was all blue. Oh, wow. Right. We got into some blacks. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, yeah. a little bit on that one. Yeah. Double black it's, it's graded harder or easier than what it, than what we're used to. Yeah. Um, so what outside of training this year has been like memorable for you? Um, I think uh in a weird way um but it also ties back to training <laughs> is is you moving yeah uh, right but yeah. you know but I, I it obviously gave us being in a, a house from rather than an apartment it More gave space. us a place to mount our pull-up bar to the wall yeah um a place to have dogs and there's winston junior here <laughs> Yes, right now we're looking after a dog named Winston. It gets really confusing. So if you hear some commotion, that's why he's yeah. really, he's an eight-year-old dog. So, And and he's like a big suck. He actually looks like you. <laughs> Winston's not impressed. He's got lots of, he's got like matted fur, but then all this white whiskers all over everything. Like, yeah. So he reminds me of you. He's kind of got that wiry look. We should take a picture of you and Winston. You could be the cover of this pro- this podcast. Oh, he's just sat on the recorder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily I moved it so I didn't turn it off. Um, yeah. But, um, so you just like, w- w- what's memorable about this place? It's just, I guess it just really affected our workout space for sure. Because we got horse stall mats. Yeah. So we, our gym area now is 10 by 12. Whereas we used to work, yeah, yeah, we used to work out in the entrance of your apartment. We made it work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but now what we've done is we've taken the living room and cut it in half, essentially. Yeah. And half of it's a gym at the front. And then, you know, because we're right on the street and we can walk out the front door, like I've done loaded carry yeah. workouts just down the street. Uh, you know, so that that's sort of kind of cool. But then, you know, we got a nice backyard. We have fires. Oh, we have a fire pit. Yeah. A great deck. You know, and obviously you, you can let the dogs run around in the backyard when you're dog oh sitting. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So the quality of life factor has tremendously gone up. Mm-hmm. Don't have to deal with 
people in my old apartment building not wearing masks in a narrow corridor yeah. during COVID when nobody was vaccinated. That was a really annoying. But um, no, it's just great. Like we all, the kids all have their own rooms. They're sweet, sweet ass rooms. I gave them each loft beds and the setup's really cool. Mm-hmm. Amanda's got a hanging swing or like a hammock chair. Yeah, under, her, under, under her bed. Her, her bed. Yeah, it's really cool. Plus Winston built out a really nice desk for her, for her computer. But um, anyway, this location is in a super nice neighborhood. The The neighbors are awesome. They all have dogs. My rover dog sitting just skyrocketed, I think probably because I have a fenced backyard now. Yeah. <laughs> And I love it. It's been great. And actually, that's really contributed to my healthier lifestyle of getting more steps. Yeah. Um, I got into the habit of doing like almost 10,000 steps a day. So when the dogs weren't around, I just kind of got, I built, I, I just created a new habit in the yeah. morning. Kind of like when you go walk the dog, right? So sometimes if you don't do it for yourself, do it for a dog. And, yeah. you know, but then you get to meet all these dogs and they're just amazing. And, oh, I love it. You know, so that. That I think was kind of cool. Um, I'm trying to think of what other big things are interesting. I've done a lot of writing this year. Like it's definitely picked up. Yeah. Like writing for other people, freelance work. Um, doing some fun things for like, uh, had somebody have me do some writing and they found out I had a podcast and they liked my voice. So I had me do voiceover work. Yeah. Um, and they've got me doing some more stuff. So that's kind of cool. Um, you know, so those those kinds of things that keep you mentally challenged. And obviously the stuff we do ourselves, like with the podcast and the website. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first year we started to monetize. Yeah. Which has been great. It's been um, a little bit. And uh, we'd like to thank everybody who has who have supported us and yeah. buying their fitness equipment. Because, you know, we know it's happening. So thank you. Yeah. Um, we'd love to hear about how it's going. Yeah. And if, if people want more like input, because, uh, and, and, uh, I think, because w- I saw like one of the YouTube channels I really like is Mark Wildman, who's a kettlebell and mace, uh, instructor. Um, he's a guy who was a, uh, trainer for Hollywood movies. Um, you know, so he would travel to the sets to keep the actors in shape. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, he's like he looks like a farmer. Yeah, got it. Yeah, he's tall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because of COVID, he just sort of left LA, <laughs> uh, and just put all his time into his YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, shooting like instructional videos, like on horse farms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or or just behind the back of his truck in the middle of nowhere in the mountains, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and basically, uh, one of, one of the cool things he's done because he gives a lot of training ideas, um, you know, and how to set up programs is he will have, uh, you know, viewers send in programs they created based on sort of what he's taught. Yeah. And then he'll sort of break them down and, you know, make suggestions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anybody wants that, I think that'd be kind of a cool thing for us to do. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because we've talked about a lot of different training principles. Yeah. Right. So if somebody's trying to create their own program, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you want us to to 
analyze it or critique it or give you feedback. Um, you know, to. yeah, yeah. Like, and you can just go just to reach our out to us. livewildradio.com. Um, and you can, uh, just at the bottom of the homepage, contact us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can, uh, chat and analyze and, you know, um, for anybody who gives us permission, it's the sort of thing we could actually talk about on the show, which yeah. I think would be kind of cool. Yeah, it would be. You yeah. know, because people, because everybody else has got a different perspective, which, especially if you're starting out, everybody relates to that. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Like I've been on this journey for a bit now, right? And just discovering, reaping like the, you know, the more detailed benefits of, of where, how it's all coming through to fruition. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I think, uh, another sort of big lesson I learned in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's with a lot of them, they're kind of like not things I've learned for the first time, but almost like you get reminded of. Yeah. Um, is learning to have gratitude for what you have, uh, versus lamenting what you don't have. Because, and I don't know if you run into this, but like I'm fucking sick of hearing people um, like go on and on about their freedom and, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of these things where, uh, like, don't get me wrong, I don't think the government's handled this perfectly at all. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, it's not like I'm I'm sort of an ass kisser for... <laughs> for that sort of thing mm-hmm. um you know uh but you know when we when we think about true hardship right cuz mm-hmm. a lot of people seem to have reached the end of their rope yeah this is a good point you know where I'm glad you're bringing this up uh they've reached a point where they're just like fuck it i'm i'm going to go to parties i'm going to yeah you know visit i'm going to events i'm going to i'm having my temper tantrum now yeah i'm having my life back yeah right mm-hmm. um and my life was doing shit so i'm doing it um and you know numbers are going back up like pretty substantially right because we have a new variant that's m- more contagious it seems you know the plus side it seems to be less severe yeah right which is sort of the they're saying it's like Delta. It's, yeah. Yeah. Each step gets more contagious and less severe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to be, from everything I've read, the path of viruses, right? Um, they become more endemic, like just everywhere, mm-hmm. but less deadly. Yeah. Um, and that's a good thing. Um, but, you know, with so many people who've just basically reached that saturation point, Right. It almost feels like, uh, you know, we were in a race Mm -hmm. um, and it was like, man, the finish line is in sight Mm. and people let off the gas and they're celebrating. um, Before they get there. Yeah. You know, because don't get me wrong. I understand, especially if somebody lived on their own. Um, and the isolation and, you know, um, like I'm not downplaying the, the, you know, mental health challenges that will definitely have been there. Um, and 
the fortunate situation we're in because we limited our bubble dramatically. We really did. You know, basically just to us. Yeah, but you never hung out with other people before, <laughs> did you? No, but we'd still, I would do stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. Uh, and we limited that for a long we time. We did. But as a couple, yes, we did limit it pretty substantially. You know? There are very few people we'd see and we don't even see them hardly ever. You know, and, and we wouldn't, until we were vaccinated, we wouldn't see anybody indoors and... No, we wouldn't. You know? No. And we would question, you know, even the people we would see, where have you been? And, you know, so <laughs> so we took it seriously. We did, yeah. Um, and, uh, but the fact is, is that you and I enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, so in that sense, we, we understand how we're fortunate. We are. Um, but one of the things that sort of always... I guess kind of, you know, uh, irked me, if we'll say, is is that kind of reaction from people where um, this, for a lot of people, is sort of the biggest, you know, thing that's happened in their life, right? Like, I'm not talking about, like, events, but, like, as far as a worldwide public mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. it's the biggest thing that's happened in my life. Sure. Right. Because people might talk about 9-11 or, you know, obviously the death toll from this has been higher. Mm-hmm. Um, it's affected every everybody part of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because if you think like the U.S. and allies have been sort of at war, you know, for 20 years. But it's not something that affects any of us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, so it's not real uh, on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Like, this is sort of that thing that has affected everybody. Um, but if you think about, okay, it's like we have this bad thing. Um, and, you know, at least here in Canada, the government was kind of on top of, okay, we're going to shut a bunch of businesses down. Um, uh, and this is just in the beginning. Okay. Like how they've handled things long term. Again, not a big fan. But uh, this is more about the people, right? Like us civilians. Um, it's like this is the most severe health thing that's happened. We need you to stay home and watch Netflix. <laughs> There should be a meme. <laughs> right. Well, they're, they're, I've seen them before. Yeah, you know, yeah. but, but that fundamentally, like, like if you think about World War II, we need you to do your part. Yeah. Like, if you weren't going and fighting, you were working in the factories or you were collecting, you know, scrap metal or... But most people suffer death because of war. Yeah. This isn't war. You know? Um, yeah. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, we need you to uh, wash your hands... Um, and not lick the doorknobs. Um, <laughs> not spit. And and uh, have some more Uber Eats. You know what I mean? Like, it for many people. Um, like you have you've worked from home pretty much for a year and a half. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I have. 
um, for you, you ended up saving money. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I was in that fortunate camp for sure. Um, It's been great. In terms of staying home, like a lot of people who are in that situation, it's an opportunity to work out. It's an opportunity, especially when your kids are at home with you, to have some extra quality and have lunch with them Mm -hmm. on your lunch breaks, like go out, do something. And you kind of have to, especially if they're young, to burn off energy because otherwise they're going crazy. So... Uh, yeah like you you gotta kind of look for you you always gotta look for the silver lining and honestly being outdoors is huge the training has been huge it's given me something to project on yeah right especially when the climbing gyms were closed or the gyms were closed right so that mountain biking i felt like it was like an escape you can go anywhere yeah you know anything outdoors it's good for you even in the winter find find something to do and the temperature change is great for you you know from inside to outside um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because mental health is definitely a thing, you know, with COVID and it brings out a lot of, you know, maybe insecurities or issues that you might have that you didn't realize, you know, that you've been kind of bearing away. When I, and I think if, uh, people's domestic situation, right. You know, the relationship, it was sort of going, but it wasn't that great. And now you're stuck with that person. Oh, God. You know. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, it's not good. That's like, we're not we're not stress. talking like violence or anything like that. Like, that could happen to some, you know, but, but I'm just talking the people whose lives were busy enough that they sort of, both people sort of tolerated the relationship, we'll say. Yeah. Well, then now you actually got to sit and talk. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so those things I could picture being hard, hard, but also a huge opportunity if people are willing to like look at themselves. If here's some piece of advice that I'm gonna give because it's uh, I learned a lot from the breakdown of my marriage, but it's always two to tango, right? Uh, and I'm not suggesting people's marriages are breaking up, but I'm just saying. Although the the statistics would indicate, <laughs> but you know, it takes two to tango can't change another person you can change yourself Mm -hmm. look at take the time to delve into some uncomfortable conversations with your partner but also with yourself and 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 it takes time you know to unpack that but when you do it's gonna be you'll be better off for it and you know yeah, I think that's just something hugely worthwhile doing. And I'm I'm constantly, you know, there's always something new. Yeah. You know, like I, I had some, you know, difficult personalities to deal with this year and incredibly stressful and uh you know, so I I, I learned through exposure <laughs> over and over and you know, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah. like makes things a lot easier. And, um, well, and when you, when you're faced with something challenging, um, one of the things I find highly effective is, uh, break it down in your head to what the Mm -hmm. very worst case scenario is. Yeah. Right. Um, because a lot of times, you know, it's the, the 
fear and anticipation. Oh, it's the worst. That are the the killer. Yeah. Right. And it is. and you know, obviously in our longevity episodes talked about stress. Yeah. Um well this is sort of one of the tools that I found very effective for reducing a lot of stress is if you break down um what the very worst case scenario is. Right? And then um, would you survive it? Mm-hmm. Right? Can you know, and then game plan out how you survive or, it. Or can you beat them up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what wins this. Well, you could take them. <laughs> what do you got to worry about? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, th- you know, it's funny because th- that one uh, has always been one that's sort of in my head too. Um, you know, less so as like a, you know, middle aged dude now, but <laughs> but that was something when I was younger was. I would uh, say like somebody at the bank, right? You you know, you're applying for a business loan and it's like, oh, okay, I'm kind of nervous. And But I would have the thing in my head is like, yeah, but could I take them? <laughs> yeah, well, what do I got to be nervous about? And then it's just a way to like manage my own anxiety. Yeah. Right. And then I would go in and sound, you know, smart and confident or whatever because they, you know, they gave me the business loan. Um but that was always one of those things when you go into something, um, you want to disarm whatever causes you anxiety. Yeah. Um, Definitely thinking through the worst case scenario and what you would do. Yeah. Because then the, way to go. Anything, the odds of it being the worst case scenario are very low. Yeah. So if it's the worst case scenario and you can come up with a plan on how to handle it, well, then you can come up with a plan how to handle anything less than that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's not so but bad. In my experience with um, people or even just challenges, we tend to make, uh, be our own worst enemy. Yeah. And we make mountains out of molehills. We really do. And that's why, as I said earlier, my biggest successful characteristic about myself is just having that lackadaisical attitude like, oh, let's, let's go, let's go see. Let's go see what this is about. Let's yeah, try. no pressure. Let's try. Like tonight's workout. Like I, at first, I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna do this. I'm like, oh, let's try. Let's see yeah. how far I get. I got it done. Yeah. <laughs> You'll surprise yourself, and that's fun. Yeah. And that's the that's actually one of the most rewarding gifts of my new body, whatever, is revisiting things that I haven't done in years. And you're like, oh, well, let's try it out. On that note. I think that's a great way to end the episode. Yeah. End the year. Just go into 2023. 2022. Did I say 20? Just skip a year. (laughs) If we were going to skip any, it should have been 2020. (laughs) I know. And uh, just, you know, go in with an attitude of... uh, Just try it. Great, great possibilities. (laughs) I'm not even drunk. Yeah. Should have been drunk. You know. It doesn't take much. No. Um, Yeah. So want to thank everybody for listening over the last year. Um, We're really looking forward to the next year of episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this is sort of a a fun thing, immortalizing your own. uh, Growth, really. Yeah. Because that's what we do. So I'm sure next year will be something different. and And I think one of the cool things for everybody is just... Life is short. Um, you know, find things you love and you're passionate about. 
um, do them, get outside, uh, lift heavy stuff, sweat, you know, like it's not complicated. Eat protein, eat vegetables, <laughs> get a good night's sleep. There's a recipe, you know, a very simple recipe for... And relax. You know, happiness and health. So uh, until Happy next... 22. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Winston. I'm Catherine. And remember to work hard. And play dirty.